Hi, and welcome to episode 138 of No Crying in Baseball, the Can We Please Have an Economist episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. Uh, we need a lot more than an economist. I think we need a distiller, somebody to <laughs> distill alcohol on a regular basis for us. Oh, I thought you meant like distill these complicated contract proposals <laughs> down into words that make sense. Oh. Both of those things are probably true. That's a that's a perfect combination. I could use sure. somebody who does both of those things for me. Well, we have a brewer on staff, which I appreciate. That is that is true. I need to give a shout out to Tech Support. Thank you, Tech Support, for the the beverage that I'm holding right now. Yeah, I I only have an empty growler of your Tech Support's mm. <laughs> fine work at my house. I I that was a misfire on my part. I should have returned that and and pled pleaded for, for more. To, he has to get busy because the second right. keg is almost kicked at this point. Um, so, it's been a lot of weeks yeah. since being it's, stuck at home. It's yeah. Oh my god, quarantine a keg and a half. That's all right. They're small kegs, folks. Really, sorta. But you know, so the quarantine makes us crazy. Like, like we have this new campaign we're thinking of promoting. This is how nuts yeah. we are. I, I want to get behind the Jose Canseco for president. It's really, I, I think it's really for the entertainment value of the debates. I think just throwing him in a debate with Biden and Trump, I mean, that's going to be a shit show to begin with. But throw in Jose Canseco, it, it's going to get us through these last long uh, months of quarantine. Of and and to be clear, we did not make this up. He has actually put that out there in the world mm-hmm. that if a bunch of people just send him a dollar. And I think when we discussed this, we probably raised about five dollars for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, his his way of figuring out. Um, he's not the economist. Okay. So actually this feeds in really well to your job title and you didn't even know this. I was listening to Jose Canseco on Instagram today at noon. He had an Instagram live thing with this dude, Martin. I don't know who he is. And they were talking about the campaign for president and they both agreed that the problem is that the government is not printing enough money. Like if they just printed more money and then just handed it out to people. And right. They just paid people more, printed more of the money. So he is not the economist that we are looking for. Is that hysterical? They can't just do that? Wait, isn't that (laughs) how money works? I remember like every kid has said that to their parents, right? Just print more. Yeah. And the other thing was uh, this guy, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like yelling into the microphone here, but this is very funny. The guy Martin asked him, but you were born in Cuba, right? And he's like, yeah, but, and then he went on to all of his oh. qualifications and how smart he is. And Martin never cut him off to say, you but have you to born be natural in born to be president. Like, I don't think he even knows that. And therefore our campaign actually to, to, to get the fund together is probably not the best use of our money. Because can we just apply that $5 towards beer then? Yes. Okay. Yes, we can. <laughs> but, but the t-shirt was going to be good. Oh, what he, what he said was, there's no way I could fuck this country up more than it already is. And, you know, that's, I would vote for that. Sure. I just At worry about point. that being too much like throwing down a dare, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, don't put that out in the universe. Uh, oh, good point. Yeah. On today's show, the world is still on fire, but players are kind of drawing lines and picking sides. And so are owners and fan bases and all sorts of folks. We're going to catch you up as best we can on the current status of MLB's proposal to starting a season. There's a draft coming up this week, and there are implications for the minor leagues and other things happening in the minor leagues. We've got the Women's World Cup to tell you about and more on international baseball. 
When the world isn't burning and there's not a virus and social unrest, what we do on this uh, podcast is we choose baseball boyfriends. And these are the guys, a lot of you guys know this, who we pick every week because there's something special about them. They're cool beyond the field. And we tell funny stories about them and have a good time. Baseball's not happening, so we can't keep up on their play, but we can keep up on their other baseball boyfriend qualities. So we pick these guys because they do stuff like give back to the world. And in this shitty time that we're going through, some baseball boyfriends are still speaking up. I really appreciated the article about Joey Votto in the Cincinnati... I don't, is it Inquirer? It's the Inquirer. Okay. And it's not, it wasn't about him. He Didn't he right. write it? Wasn't It was his own opinion piece. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the cool thing is to look at the the byline. It's like guest article by Joey Votto. And it's, it's really fantastic in the way that I hope that other players who are in the same mind, mindset see it and see that it's okay. Because what he does is he goes through his own realization that Black Lives Matter is is a proper slogan. You know, that's the whole, that's the base of so much of the stupid argument that's driving me crazy is people not acknowledging the African-American point of view, not understanding where, where this is coming from. But there's a lot of realization going on. And he talks about how it started when he was talking to an African-American teammate, and he didn't say who, but he said that when he told him about what happened with George Flood, Joey Votto's reaction was, well, what was the cop side of the story? Like, that was the first thing out of his mouth. And, uh, uh, you know, very understandably, his friend got very upset and the and conversation ended. And that started a process where he went back and looked at other instances where he was sort of that close. Like, it, there was one about reading a book and then putting it down. But finally, after he sat on it all, he realizes that action is necessary. And and he's, you know, in support of the protest movement. And I just feel like that ability to say, okay, I misunderstood it before. And I'm going to change and I'm going to do something and I'm going to do my part is, yeah, inspirational. So I like that he's, he came from a place of saying, I thought I had a handle on this Mm -hmm. because I, I read stuff. I follow the news. I watch documentaries. I educate myself. So I, I, you know, I thought that I was all right. And then, like, so he really walks through the process of, you know, I might have been generally a good guy. You know, these aren't his words, but generally a good guy. And then I realized, but in this instance, in that instance, like you were pointing out. So it, I think a lot of people can probably recognize themselves mm-hmm. in that. And so I hope people read this because a baseball player wrote it as opposed to, you know, so I, I know a political figure and maybe can recognize some of that. You know, I was looking at saying, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot. Of, it's just it rings so true. And it's it's very clear. And it's not you're a bad person. It's. I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And I've learned. And here's my vow. I'm going to try to keep going. I'm really hoping that that's an important step that society can take right now. Yeah, he's Canadian, though. So, you know. Yeah, although they're having their issues, too. Although their prime minister is doing, you know, more of the right thing than what's happening in this country. Oh, the the blowback, though. He got some blowback. Did Trudeau did? I didn't know. No, no, Votto. I'm sorry. Uh, Votto did. Okay. Huh. Yeah, well, no, like his his landlady, right? Is it didn't his like his old oh, landlady? Whoops, I forgot about that part of the of the um story. Thank you. Yeah, did you see her tweet? <laughs> I did see her tweet. What the hell? Did she think nobody like you know paid attention? 
Yeah, so she this is a landlady he had when he was in the minor leagues, right? And she so. tw- tweeted that he was always late paying his rent and that he left a mess when he moved out. And like, even if that's true, what the fuck does that have to do with what he said? It's it doesn't negate anything. I mean, well, it seemed like, like she was she was implying that he was like too good to you know bother to follow the rules. I think the mm-hmm. that was more of the implication, but she got called on it. Yeah, yeah. His his um, roommate at the time said it was a fucking lie. Carlos Guevara, who I don't know what happened to him or where he's played, but he backed him up. It's said, yeah, crazy. no, I was there. None of this is true. Yeah, right. So that's. Um, News on this side of the world. I'll hop over to the other side for a minute because Adam Jones, who was my boyfriend. Oh, by the way, Joey Votto was my first season boyfriend from the Reds. Adam Jones, was he my first season or second season? On I the think he, he was your first season O's boyfriend. So he's in Japan now playing and went to a protest there and said in, and posted on Instagram that he's thinking of what's happening here and, you know, wishes that he could be more a part of it, but is doing his part there. The other part, and I didn't write this down, but he was, his statements about what happened with Fenway Park um, in the past mm-hmm. have also been part of conversation now. And I guess Tory Hunter is uh, very vocal about his treatment at Fenway Park. Um, uh, interestingly, Jose Canseco came to the Red Sox defense and, you know, that just should say something right there because he said that he was always treated really well at Fenway Park when he was on the Red Sox. But when he was not, he said he was not. So he put it in that framework. I think, I mean, I'm from Boston, you know, you can't defend racism. It's just some people are assholes. I can believe that would happen. It's got to change and get better. And they, and you know, they are making moves to improve. They, they kicked that guy out who um, they found for Adam Jones, but there's, there's work to be done. There's work to be done in Boston. Um, Last baseball boyfriend news, Lorenzo Cain from the Brewers was part of actually a discussion with a lot of players hosted on MLB radio by Bob Kendrick, who's the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. So it was with Josh Bell of the Pirates, Delano DeShields of Cleveland. Was he yours? I didn't look it up. It sounded familiar. No, Josh Bell was mine once, though. Oh, shoot. That was all right. More boyfriend credit. Taylor Hearn of the Rangers, Michael Givens, and Dwight Smith Jr. of the O's. And sort of the, the common ground there in looking at the protests is we need to, to make things better. The first step is police have to be held accountable because there's too much violence going on and not enough accountability. And the thing that I liked about what they said and what I heard, you know, in Obama's talk last week is the next generation, you know. They're the kids, the the young people, especially in the movement, are impressive. You know, we've got a couple as offspring. Yeah, yeah, kids. They, yeah, and not afraid to say big ideas, and you know, right. not afraid to like just get in people's faces and say, "No, this is flat out wrong," and here's how it can be better. Not just they're not complaining; they are, they're you know fighting, they're pointing out injustice and coming up with solutions. And I really like that. Yeah. Me can too. Can we talk about Cincinnati? So you know, I grew up in Ohio. I am a Cleveland girl. I remember former owner of the Reds, Marge Schott, being a piece of frickin' racist work. She yeah. would talk about Nazis like they were her best friends. She was just like this. 
you know, I appreciate an old broad. I'm going to, my goal is to be an old broad, you know, an outspoken, Mm -hmm. don't give me any crap. I'm not going to take any crap. But God help me, potty mouth, if I turn into like a Marge shot kind of old broad, just shut me the fuck down. It's not going to happen. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't quite see that in you. I, I'm definitely into the do something crazy when you're 80 is my, but, but, but crazy in a good way is my plan. My like, like she's, plan. she's famous for saying something about, uh, like, uh, about Hitler. Like, you know, he started out okay, but then he took it too far. Yep. I'm, like, I'm sorry, March. So here's why we're talking about March shot. Yeah. The, and, and. They they censored her too. There was a point where the Reds were like, "You cannot talk." <laughs> we're yeah, not gonna- she was. There were consequences multiple times. Um, but yeah. But anyway, the um, the University of Cincinnati's got ball field named for her, and um, this is now a thing. And I'm glad it's a thing. Yeah, there are a bunch of uh, players, students who are got a big old petition going to change the name. Nathan Moore is one of it. One of them. And actually, he wasn't the originator, but he's the one who I saw tweet. Um, And he's the one whose tweet Kevin Euclid picked up. And Kevin Euclid said that he had been actually, well, (laughs) invited to donate a shitload of money and have his name put on the stadium with Marge Schott's name. Like it would be like the the Euclid Stadium at Marge Schott Park. Or something, something that effect, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! To, to be to be clear, awful. he's a graduate. He's a graduate of the University of Cincinnati, and so are a lot of his family members. Yeah, is his dad because his dad, who was yep. the one who told him, "You cannot do that." She is an anti-Semite. They're they're Jewish, and um, you can't put our name up there. I mean, it's yeah, understandably not okay. Other baseball stadiums or organizations with some issues, the Charlotte Knights AAA team, they ended their partnership with CPI Security because the CEO uh, had a, a racist remarks in an email. And he's one of the guys who still has to have that light bulb mo- moment because this was not it. Uh, there was a an email that went out, not just to him, but lots of people uh, in the industry from a local nonprofit asking for them, their backing, their signing on to end police brutality. It sounded like it was going out to a bunch of businesses. It was trying to get this Charlotte area organization together to say something about what's going on. And he wrote back saying that not only did he not want to support it, but that they were focusing wrong and they should look at black on black crime. And so the Charlotte Knights, yeah. So actually the first one that pulled out were the Hornets, which is impressive. And then the Knights followed the Carolina Panthers and then a couple colleges, North Carolina State University, Athletics, and the University of South Carolina. And he quickly apologized because of this blowback, but it wasn't what we call a real apology. It was... You know, sort of the, I'm sorry that you understood my words that way. That's not what I meant. I'm sorry that you're taking all all that business away from me. Yeah. So let me stop in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he said that we have these values against racism, blah, blah, blah. And that statement didn't reflect the values, but it, he didn't address the issue of the statement and he doesn't have next steps to making it better, which are the rules for what a real apology is. We should contrast this in our cross training with the NFL with what 
Drew Brees did. Yeah, right? he's on his way to a good apology, right? Because he first came out and said, um, you got to take a knee, disrespecting the flag, Kaepernick's wrong. And boy, did he get shit from it. You know, the, the coolest one, and I hope I put this in the show notes as a link, is the video with a whole bunch of different players saying, I am and all these names of African-American men who have been killed by the police. So it's super personal. These are like teammates. I mean, I was, my first reaction is, oh man, he is going to get sacked so many times. But it turns out that he actually listened. And he's, he, he's having a little bit of a Joey Votto moment. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's encouraging. I mean, I, Roger Goodell kind of also sort of, but damn it, you owe Kaepernick. You know, he also realized that they were wrong and how they dealt with the issue, but he owes Kaepernick a, a lot. Was it four years, four years of a career? Yeah. So I, you know, I tend to use the word reparations there because, you know, mm -hmm. He's probably not going to get hired now, even if the, you know, the stigma is off just because he is in fact older and probably slower and all of these things. And yeah, he missed, he missed half of his career and it's because of people behaving badly and not being willing to understand or, or listen to him about what he meant, but projecting onto him. And now in fact, the president is projecting onto what mm -hmm. Goodell said, you know, Goodell never said anything about the flag or anything about, you know, any of those things. And the president went there immediately. So, oh, so is he now saying that it's okay to just because that's what his people want to hear? Those are this right. little, you know, dog whistly things that he's saying. But, but you know, th the the players and the teams asked him to speak up, and he did. And yeah. maybe he's on his way too. Let's hope. Yeah. Well, so that's the good thing. So the president. Um, called out Drew Brees. Did he call out Goodell too? Mm -hmm. Or was it just Brees? Yeah. No, no, he, he called out Goodell because, you know, he had he had the NFL, man. He's like, mm -hmm. oh, those guys should be fired. And, you know, and NFL owners were kind of in his pocket, in Trump's <laughs> pocket. And now Goodell is saying something different and more like understanding. And, and Goodell was like promoting peaceful protest. He didn't say take a knee during the anthem, but he was promoting peaceful protest. And the president immediately zeroed in on that to make it be, is he saying that they should disrespect the flag now? Because he, the, also the thing about Drew Brees that's the most encouraging is that he took on the president, right? Because yep. Trump yep. tweeted about him and for him to use his platform to very respectfully respond to Trump and say, no, I am, I am apologizing. Like this is why I'm apologizing in a lot of detail. That's that first step toward action. You know, that yep. gets him beyond the apology using his platform to take on the president. That's, you know, how many people would like to do that these days? I am feeling a little bit better about football today than I you was. Think? You know, I am, I am long way to go, baby right. steps, but those baby steps are going in the right direction. Well, and then there's this other huge irony, right? So I was just thinking, okay, what teams could have really used Kaepernick last year? And you think the Washington team. Oh, wait, the Washington team. What's their name? Would he really have gone there? And then it's like, okay, wait, NFL can apologize for this, but you still have the Washington team. And baseball still has the Cleveland team and the Atlanta issue. And and folks, hockey still has the Blackhawks. So, yeah. yeah. So, but the great thing is when every one of those teams felt like they needed to post a statement supporting Black Lives Matter, even though a lot of them didn't actually say those words, right. a lot of fans and a lot of non-fans 
called them on that. Like, hey, you know, this would make this would mean a lot more if you didn't have that name, for instance. Yeah. So, you know, social media is is doing a little bit of its policing of its own. And I like it. Mm-hmm. That Definitely. kind of policing I can get behind. <laughs> All right. Should we talk complicated Major League Baseball season stuff? I'm just leaving the math to you. You've got the I'm, math. I will. I'm, I am using I'm using other people's math. So <laughs> uh, the latest proposal came out today. We're recording on Monday. So there's not been a huge amount of like deep dive into it. There's been a lot of like surface responses to it. So let me lay out how we got here. So the initial proposal from Major League Baseball to the Players Union proposed 82 games. And this was the one that had that sliding scale of more pay cuts over and above the cuts that the players initially agreed to. Um cutting a, a much bigger percentage from the more higher played players, try to pit them against each other. So they, at, at the end, if they had accepted this, they would be earning between 22 and 40%, of their, their initial agreed upon salary, like their, their full salary, 22% That's to 47%, right? That's so, totally nuts. Yeah. So, you know, Emma, so the union said, screw that. So their response last Sunday was, we want to play a lot. Let's play a 114 game schedule. Let's play through October. Like the 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 regular season goes through October, which would push the World Series itself into December. Oh right? my god. So that's a, so put a pin in that for a second. No additional pay cuts, but they were willing to defer some salary like if the playoffs so the playoffs mean a lot towards income because playoff games on television bring in buckets of money to the mm-hmm. teams and the players understand that. So they said, if the, if there are no playoffs this year, for whatever reason, we will defer some of that salary till next year when hopefully that income will start coming back. Right. So they, they were willing to put that off, not give up that salary, but push some of it till later. Um, but they would end up earning about 70% of their full salary in this game because the, the prorated salary, you know, huh. gives them a per game thing. So that's where they were. And um, they agreed to, you remember that expanded playoff um, proposal that happened a while back where that more teams would make the playoffs. And oh, so the right. playoffs would go longer again, because TV revenue, right? So we want more teams in so hmm. that, that, so TV revenue you know, that, so there's a lot more that's earned that way. So yeah. the player said, we would agree to that this year and next year. Initially, that was something that was going to be negotiated in the next agreement, the, the next actual, you know, the collective bargaining agreement. But they're saying we'd agree, we would stipulate that for this year and next year, which guarantees more income to the teams, to the owners, right? So that, yeah. And they need TV because they don't have, they're not going to have people in the stands. Right. So, so the player be- said, yep. Yeah, even though, you know, some of them might think that's a weird system, but okay. Well, so today there was a new proposal from Major League Baseball to the union that said 76 games. You would the players would earn about 75% of their prorated salary, not their full salary, their prorated salary, right? So it's less. The regular season would end in September, kind of like it does regularly. One of the reasons, well, the biggest reason about that is MLB is hesitant to commit to playing later because the, you know, everyone's saying, Oh, this is the second wave of the virus. And if that hits in, you know, in the middle of October or something, and we're not even starting our playoffs yet and wipes out 
players from their ability to play in the playoffs were screwed. So they're saying, no, no, we got to finish in September so we can get the playoffs done in October. So that's part of why there are fewer games that way. Um, Also, there doesn't seem to be any mention of risk to family. So this agreement that was proposed today said, if you, if you as a player are high risk because of your health condition, you know, a a preexisting condition or, you know, other, even like coaches and things like the older coaches might have a heart condition, whatever, any of those things, but those players don't have to play. They would still get salary. They would still get service time. If you do not want to play just because you think it's icky, because it's scary, because you're taking all this health risk, but you don't have these conditions, you can opt out, but you won't get paid or get service time. In an earlier version of this, (sighs) players who have a family member that's high risk could not play but still be compensated because they're, they were willing to play, but they can't because of this health condition. There doesn't seem to be a mention of that from what I'm gathering in this current proposal. Yeah, at least I'm looking at John Heyman's tweet, tweet right now, and he said it. I don't know. Right. So here are some of the things that are like one-offs that are happening around this. It turns out Major League Baseball could just say, we're going to play 50 games, you know, show up or don't, which would be a disaster. I see 48 being batted around. Is yeah, but the, thing? yeah. So that's that's one of the things that that was um, that came up. That actually, over the weekend, they were talking about maybe it would be a, a, a you know shorter amount. But they, but MLB said so we could we could just say we're going to play 50 games and just do it and like not make any other agreements. Um, the players have 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 started to kind of unite on their their campaign to be shown in a better light, not to be the greedy ones. So apparently, mm-hmm. according to the players now, MLB is depriving America of baseball because and the, the union is saying 114 games. We want to play. We want to play lots. And Major League Baseball is saying, no, 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 you know, smash that back down. There's this hashtag, we want to play, that a lot of the players have been using saying, I'm ready. I want to play. That's brilliant. Right? That is so, really brilliant. So it's like, hey, man, no, we want to be on the field. Thank you very much. Another one off that I particularly enjoyed is one of the articles I read breaking uh, kind of breaking down an earlier proposal said was talking about Scott Boris, you know, our favorite, um, you know, and favorite is an air quotes uh, player agent. According to Boris, who employs his own economist, a year with no revenues could push as many as eight owners to consider selling their franchise. I have not seen that said anywhere else. I haven't seen anybody talk about that anywhere else. But it was, how does he know? Well, I don't know. I mean, the thing is that we still don't know the books. And that's what everybody is saying. Like, how can all this keep being batted around when the, the owners aren't opening their books? The, we don't know what we're dealing with. So how does so he know? The owners Maybe. did provide some documentation, but apparently not enough. So there are some people right. who have broken things down. Um, but the players are like, yeah, you know what? Still no. Still not mm-hmm. enough information. Another fun fact here is that there is there's a feeling out there that Major League Baseball might let local governments decide whether or not there can be players at games. Like right now, Texas says sports can have allow 50 percent capacity for fans. Right. What does that mean? Like, So if MLB is playing, like you know, for the Rangers or for the Astros, they can have half their stands full. But if they're the away team somewhere else who's actually paying attention to health concerns, there won't be. And. Does that put it on MLB to come up with what are the health protocols that fans have to follow? Well, and I was I was reading an article just when we started recording 
saying that the state health agencies have not been consulted. You'd think that by this point, especially because they wrote fucking 67 pages, that they would have put something out there asking for advice from these state agencies that deal with health regulations. They claim they have, but the state agencies are like, no, we haven't said anything. Yeah. We haven't seen anything. But yeah, right. but the, the claim is, oh, no, no, we said it out to everybody. So, yeah. So, okay. So, great. Texas and some other states will allow you to have fans, but are you really going to say, okay, we, you have to develop a whole set of protocols for what does that mean? I mean, are fans going to be able to sit near the players? Are they going to be able to sit close to the dugout? I mean, one of the things that the health protocol document, that 67 page document had was a, um, it had a diagram for how some players would need to be sitting in the stands in order for there to be enough distancing. Right. So, okay. So what does that mean for your, your fan base? So I, I, I think it's blown smoke. I don't know, but it's very complicated. It's still out there. The, the players, you know, just got this today. So there's not a formal response. There's a lot of conversation, but there's not a formal response yet. I'm not sure how long it will take to come up with one, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I just saw it. It's like Tuesday or Wednesday. So it could have happened before this dropped or right after it's sometime early this week. What, when the players are going to get back? Yeah. 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 So we will hope. I don't know. Should I go into some better player news? I guess. (laughs) Sure. For for the minor leagues. Um, We last week had a really good time talking with Bobby Kuhn of Pulling the Tarp podcast. Go back to that if you missed it, because we talked about lots of minor league stuff and which teams were doing well by their players and which teams were not. And at that point, the Oakland A's were at the bottom of the barrel. But here's another one of those social media coming together. I think they were shamed into it. So not only are they paying their players for the rest of the season, but they have an emergency furlough fund for employees because half their employees were furloughed. I don't know if that's common. That's got to be common. Yeah. A lot of teams have to furlough some. Um, Yeah. Also last week, like right out while we were recording or right after we recorded the Washington nationals had said, Hey, we're cutting pay to our minor leagues by a hundred dollars each. Which, I mean, how much money is that really? So $300 instead of $400 a week for all these guys. And the players got together and said, the the, 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 the roster players, the major league players got together and said, we can, we're going to cover this. There's no reason that the minor league guys should you know, be without. And there was so much love and support for those guys. And I guess, again, the team itself, the owners, whoever makes these decisions said, oh, oh, yeah, it would be a lot of goodwill if we didn't make this terrible mistake. <laughs> So two things happened. The Nationals said, okay, you're right. We'll pay the whole thing. And also the players said, we've already agreed to give this money. So they are donating money to organizations that support minor league players. So they're still stepping up. They're not saying, okay, good. We'll save that. Like, no, no, we've agreed to it. Let's just find a good place for this to continue to support minor league players. Yeah. And Sean Doolittle has tweeted about adopt a minor league player at least a couple of times. So yeah. to see that support, I mean, hopefully that'll help things really expand for him. So the draft is this Wednesday, our super compressed draft that is only going to be five rounds um, and going to be disappointing a whole lot of boys who pin their hopes on a major league career. That's going to be a mess. It also is going to be weird for how is player development going to happen? Because typically you get drafted and you are put on a minor league team and you are worked with coaches work with you at these single a, you know, rookie ball Mm -hmm. and you, and you work your way up and you learn to play with a major league team that way. 
right now, there's going to be no minor league season. Everyone's agreeing. I mean, I would be very surprised if there is. What they're going to be are a couple of extra roster spots on a major league team because they need to get some guys already in the bubble, so to speak, so that if somebody gets hurt, they have a replacement ready. Well, you know, you don't want the 19-year-old who's only played high school ball to sub in for your you know, your major league shortstop. So you're going to have your higher level guys on your 50 man roster or whatever the expanded roster ends up being. So Mm -hmm. what about these guys that they're drafting? Where are they going to be? Are there coaches or do they get furloughed too? Right. So some of these furloughs happened in coaching staffs and scouting staffs and, and all that level. So I don't understand What's going to happen to number one, the guys who get drafted? And I'm, I'm already, you know this very well. I'm worried about the guys who don't, who should have right. been, or who would have been in any other year. Um, so yeah, it's. It, I don't know how they're going to develop these guys and where they're going to go. Um, it's going to be a puzzlement, but I am curious to see what happens on Wednesday when the first round of the draft happens. Uh, I'll be hoping. I'm not sure if this is. Good news. I'm I'm feeling a little happy, but I'm a little nervous. Please tell me what you think. Women's Baseball World Cup is going to happen after all. So it had been originally scheduled for, what was it, uh, August, I think? At least that's when it was last time. And now it's going to be happening November 12th to 21st in Tijuana. So are we, is, do you think Tijuana is going to be health-wise, able to sustain this in November. I'm very nervous. How are they now? I have no idea what, what Mexico looks like now. I mean, Tijuana is awful, awfully close to the United States where we're a mess. Right. So that's I mean, you can thing. throw a rock and hit it from, you know, San yeah. Diego. Yeah. I think like everywhere else, their stats aren't really reliable, but neither are ours. And, um, and I know it was a serious problem, but I don't know numbers. I'm not good with those numbers. So yikes. Yeah. I think that proximity to the United States is not a good sign. I guess we'll see what actually happens. I don't know. Maybe they're throwing this out there just to make us happy and, and get something, you know, have something to look forward to. Um, So for those of you who have not been following the Women's Baseball World Cup, Japan always romps it because they have a women's league. Funny how that works when you have players who actually play professionally, then they actually do well in international competitions. They've won the past six times. But the more uh, cool stat, I think, is that they're currently on a 30-game winning streak. So they have won their past 30 games played at the wow. Women's Baseball World Cup. So yeah, I will definitely be, be keeping my eye on the Japan games. The other countries involved are the Americas get four, Canada, Mexico, US, Venezuela. Asia has three besides Japan. Japan, there's Is Chinese Venezuela, type. I'm sorry, back up. Is Venezuela yeah. going to be able to send a team or are they all going to be sick? Oh because, God, right? I don't know. That's, yeah. I mean, we talked last week or the week before about how Venezuela is a mess and right. a bunch of their, their current players in there playing internationally are sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. And uh, November, yeah, things are getting worse in South America now. I don't know. Well, Chinese Taipei will make it. That's Taiwan. That's our CPBL friends. They're doing really well, except for I don't know if they're going to want to send their people to Mexico. Oh, my God. That's a whole other thing. They're probably going to offer to host. Yeah. (laughs) Just do it here instead. So I think I think you're right though. I think Venezuela is probably the worst stuff because Europe is France. I think they're on the down slide now. They're probably on our trajectory. Australia's 
not as bad. And then Cuba, Dominican Republic, and Netherlands. And I know DR is not great now, but I don't know. Is the world going to be better by November? Well, let's wait and see. The place that we do know is doing well is Taiwan, where baseball is happy and the numbers of people in the stands are ever increasing. And they have no cases. So power to them. The, yeah, no um, new cases in like eight weeks, right? I think it's yeah. eight weeks. And, and you know, they're still wearing masks at the stadiums. Sure they you know, are. Can, can you, like our country, we still have hundreds of thousands of cases and millions and, and people don't want to wear masks. But in Taiwan, they're still following the rules and sitting where they're supposed to. And for the first time, I think, since we started reporting on the CPBL, your monkeys are not the only team over 500. The brothers have are, are moving. Yeah, I kind of think mathematically that wasn't going to hold up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit responsible for this because I haven't watched all week long because I just haven't been able to. My brain has yeah. just been elsewhere, which is weird for me because usually baseball cures a lot of things. And this, this week I wasn't ready for it. So I'm sorry, my monkeys, if it was on me. You know, that's really funny because I um, I haven't been watching that much either. And actually it wasn't on the monkeys. The monkeys are actually doing still pretty well. 613. It was the lions tanked under the brothers, like really tanked. And I saw a little bit of it and my pitiful lions are last place at 361. But the monkeys had something really big to celebrate. There was a lot of buildup to the uh, 10,000th home run of the league. Because the league's not that old. I wish I had numbers, but they're definitely within my lifetime. Um, and they went back at each landmark home run, like the first thousand, second thousand. And number 7,000 was good old Manny Ramirez. Sure. And number 10,000 was my boyfriend, the Dimple Cannon. Yeah. It's a, a good pick. A good pick. He is adorable. Chu Yu Sen. I'm still, I really got to work on the pronunciation. That's terrible. I need to make a commitment to improve that before we record again. One of the problems is our, our opportunity to practice happens at the crack of dawn. And I don't know about you, but I am not yeah. my best at learning new things at the crack of dawn. So I could probably find a way, you know, internet is our friend to right. work on it when I'm more awake, but I don't. That's yeah, we can watch the games later too. They do keep them up yeah. there. But yeah, it's something about getting up and watching the live game. And my mascots, of course, are the favorite part. So this Saturday, make sure that you tune in because it's going to be Saba Boy's birthday. And that is Aww. the fish head mascot of the Lions, who is somehow endearing and adorable, even though he is a decapitated head. So we'll see what happens for his birthday. Oh, you know what they're doing for his birthday? They're giving up. I can't believe this. Milkfish flavored uh, popsicles. I have no response to that. I yeah. don't know what to do with that information. So they're giving out a popsicle flavored like the rest of his body that was cut off. I don't know. It's really awful. Uh, I'll just quickly go so over now, to Korea. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Are, are they milkfish flavored or are they maybe just shaped like the fish? No, no. They're flavored. It says on I the want box, you to be wrong in so English, much. Please, please, can you be wrong? Can you humor? No, <laughs> I don't understand. So I like was looking for an answer. I tweeted like, do people really like to eat these? Like, I don't understand why anybody would want a fish flavored popsicle. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so maybe I'm not getting it. I mean, it, but, but you know, like I would eat a fish stick. I mean, I am, <laughs> I'm a, a carnivore. I would eat a fish stick, but not a popsicle, which would be just, oh man. Yeah, but CPBL Stats, that Twitter account, is working on something that I inquired about. There's a little cat on the 
on the box. And he, apparently the cat has meaning. So check out his Twitter feed for that. Because I was thinking to add insult to injury. I mean, it's his birthday. You're giving out <laughs> popsicles flavored by him with a picture of a cat, which is probably <laughs> like, you know, could have been the thing that ripped off the rest of his body. I don't know. <laughs> His mortal enemy, the cat, is grinning on the popsicle. He's like, yeah, I got your popsicle right here, buddy. So happy birthday, Saba boy. (laughs) You know what? If you can get me one of those, I would try it. Oh, oh, wow. All right. Jeez, to keep it frozen from Taiwan is probably rough, but I'm going to check out the Asian markets. See, that's it. We have a lot of international groceries nearby. If you find me one, I will try it. I will even try it live. Folks, you heard that here. I am on a quest to find a milkfish flavored popsicle in the DC area. If anybody has any leads, please send them my way. In Korea, the KBO, I am still semi ignoring, but watching once in a while when I turn the volume down or maybe watch on Twitch is the new pointer because ESPN coverage drives me fucking nuts. But the dinos are still on top. That's the team that I had picked at the beginning of this whole thing by sheer luck. With 793, your Wyverns are not in last place. They are in second to last place with 345. The Eagles have taken the last place slot. So maybe you're moving all. I mean, again, statistics are skewed because we've just started. So you could be moving on up, but I have super hope for the Dinos because there has been a month of baseball. So there was a player of the month award. Like that's the first thing that hit me was, wow. Already. Baseball has happened sure. for some folks. Um, so the the pitcher for the Dinos, left-handed pitcher Ku Cheng Mo is a player of the month. His ERA is 0.51 and he's 4-0. You know what, if, 0.51. If that was the CPBL, you'd have to put like a six in front of that. <laughs> I know, right. They, they, they legit don't have any below three. Like, they really don't. Yeah, they, they really, really don't. don't. That is stunning. That is yeah. amazing. Wow. So Pretty that's cool. what's happening in baseball on the other side of the world. Wow. So you know what? So this week I'm going to try to turn my attention back to breakfast baseball. Also keep an eye on what's happening with the uh, the player response to this proposal and what's really happening with the draft. I think I'm, I don't usually watch the draft, but I may tune in just to see the context around it, what conversations are had around it. So that's what I'm doing this week. What do you think you're going to do this week? I'm going to finish work. I've got one more week of teaching and I've just got to plow through it. And then I'm going to be so much more dedicated in the morning with the CPBL thing. I totally slacked off this week and I probably will slack off this upcoming week. But and when we when we next record, it will be in my final hours of of teaching for the year. That's pretty exciting. Hey, so um, our friends out there, if you have some time and aren't using it on Breakfast Baseball and you want to hear more about baseball, you check out some of our old episodes if you'd like. Tell your friends about us if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball and check in with us on social media. Potty Mouth, where can people find us? Chat with me on Twitter, especially starting a week from tomorrow (laughs) at uh, NCIB Podcast. That's us on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram, we're No Crying in B-Ball. If you really want to email us, sure, we love getting email. uh, (laughs) No Crying in... If you can find us. Wait. (laughs) We're not going to tell you what it is. Every time. (laughs) (laughs) NCIB Podcast at gmail.com. That's it. Yeah. That's the one. Hey, wow. We're going to try to hold it together. I hope you do too. Take care. Be well. Wear your masks. Fight the man. Until next time, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs>